Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, August 5th. 2020. Thank you for joining us today. We have another great show ahead today on Wednesday. We always have a little more fun on Wednesdays, I think, with the weekly Wednesday weigh-in and our weekly guest, Bill Barnes. He is here again. Looking forward to chatting with him very much so on a lot of the current events going on, not just in the past few days, but the past few weeks. We or the past week, I should say, Bill Barnes is here. He always brings strong opinions, uh, and because of that, I tend to have a little bit stronger opinions as well. So uh, I try to bottle things up as best I can outside of uh, our other episodes. You know, just to kind of maybe go a different direction with some of my thoughts, some of my. Uh, things I like to talk about, try to save them up for Wednesdays if I can, just because I know Bill's always fired up about some things and and I definitely want to kind of put everything together at the same time. So uh, this show will be a little bit more, a little different than some of the others, of course, because you know who Bill is. For those of you who have not listened uh, before, <laughs> Bill is someone who is a retired police officer, retired college baseball umpire. So he has some very very strong opinions, <laughs> like I said before, and, and so do I, uh, definitely in moving forward here. So a couple things off the top of my head that I wanted to talk about. And, and sometimes the topics that come up for me, I'll think of them, and then someone else you know, in national radio will, will talk about it or some other podcast. So I don't want to be someone that just kind of piggybacks on those. So I try to come up with, uh, with some more... Uh, content that is of my own if possible but sometimes it's difficult so uh but uh, so what I what the direction I'll go today is just kind of a rundown of some of the topics that I wrote down throughout my week that I kind of save up for Wednesdays if possible uh first thing I posted something on Facebook not too long ago about uh basically the Babylon B is a satire website and and if you follow them on Facebook they post some uh, pretty hilarious articles, if you will, that are, are, again, very satirical. And the one I posted recently uh, when the, with the NHL opening up and the playoffs and everything, <laughs> the Babylon Bee, they posted a picture of like this all 12 play on all 12, but all like 10 players fighting in a hockey game uh, and referees trying to separate them and everything. And the headline read, uh, multiple peaceful protests break out. <laughs> as NHL starts. And and I thought it was hilarious because uh, everywhere you turn on the news today, you hear about peaceful protests while, while there are flames in the background or, uh, Oh, it was a mostly peaceful protest until rioters came in. Well, uh, that's what we see are are these rioters. And and I've tried to been very good, be tried to have been very good the past few weeks and even months about separating peaceful protests and, rioting and this and that. But I mean, 
you never, I guess it's not my place to tell anyone, Hey, uh, like, are you done protesting yet? But, but I, I kind of am that way. Like you see some of the stuff in, in Portland and I know I've been harsh on that area for a couple weeks now, but I mean, what, what is your plan? You people up there as you continue to burn things and destroy things and, uh, you know, federal agents for law enforcement move in on you and tell you, okay, enough is enough. You guys got to disperse. You, your assemblies are unlawful. Uh, but no, they, first of all, they, they people just want to de- destroy things. They just want to, uh, they don't want to build anything up. They talk a big game, but they don't want anything to do with that. And as soon as law enforcement steps in, it's, you know, it's F the police. It's uh, the, the, how could they tell us to move? How could they, how could they move in on us and push us around? It's like, well, cause you guys are being jerks. You're being idiots. You're, you're, you're peacefully protesting. Well, well, no, you're not. You're rioting. And I'm going to go as far to call you terrorists with some of the things you've done up there. It's been an absolute joke. And, and what really pissed me off when it was when I recently saw not only the burning of the United States flag, but the burning of Bibles. What, what is that protesting? What racial injustice is burning Bibles uh, trying to, to, what's the goal there? So my point is a lot of these quote unquote peaceful protesters are not. We've seen a lot of peaceful protesters throughout the country. Some, some really nice moments, some really nice, uh, you know, groups of people protesting and, and doing so lawfully. And then we've seen, uh, just the absolute idiocy of some of the people in Portland that have no lives. They have no lives. You want to burn Bibles? What's what's your point of doing that? Because the Bible is racist? Because the Bible has destroyed so many lives? Much like your treatment of the American flag? It sounds eerily uh, similar to some of the other things we've seen in history. Not so much here in America, but other parts of the world. I'll let you try to figure that out where you've seen some of that stuff before. Sure, it started with burning of a flag, then burning of books, then then removing of religion, then, then uh, all these things. It happened around the 1930s, 1940s, give or take. I'll let you guys you know, go back through history and, and look at some of the uh, people that were doing some of these things. Burning of Bibles. I, I just, I have no sympathy for you people anymore. You people have no lives up there. You have no, you stand for nothing. You stand for nothing. You're all about destruction. So you want to claim to be peaceful protesters all you want. You start burning things, uh, attacking police as they t- try to, they're, they're also acting like the police are just going in there and saying, and, and like shooting people. And no, it's not the Nazis going through uh, Europe and, and just grabbing people out of their homes and off the street like these protesters and all these other people in the media want to make it out to be. It's a joke. Everyone's trying to move forward and grow and try to uh, get back in, you know, out there in the workforce, all these different things. And we still got knuckleheads running around thinking they're standing for something and you don't stand for anything. You want to destroy the country. You're mad at America for God knows why. 
So I, I am just, I'm sitting here. I'm so sick and tired of the inconsistencies and the hypocrisies. You see more of it every week. I say it every week. Uh, Dr. Dr. Fauci talking to uh, Jim Jordan. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. I'm going to get into that with Bill. But Fauci saying, yeah, you probably shouldn't gather in public places and uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, does that mean we can condemn uh, these these massive protests? And Fauci goes like silent, like confused, like, well, uh, it's like, well, make up your mind. Should we not have large groups of places or sh- or can we? I-, I just, I write things down and I'm not sure how I'm going to say them sometimes. And I just want to explode. I just want to, I just want to go off. And I don't always know what to say. I try to learn how to say things a little bit better from some of the other podcasts and stuff that I listen to. But man, it's frustrating. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you go, you know, two steps forward and three steps back, give or take. So I don't know what our leadership is going to do here. I mean, it's the month of August now. Uh, school should be starting soon. I don't know what that's going to be. I talked to Bill about that a little bit before. I, I don't know. Uh, nobody knows what's ahead, ahead of us. But I do know what doesn't solve anything, and that is – People in the streets running around, continue to burn things, continue to make a nice city into uh, the Stone Age, basically. And and I feel so bad for the people who are are in some of these cities that just want to do their job, just want to go to work. I've seen it's been hard. I saw a guy pull over in his truck and yell at a yell at a a group of protesters said, hey, look, I'm with you guys, all this, whatever, but I got to go to work. Can you get off the road? And the audacity of some of these protesters looking at people like that, like like they're part of the problem, because they want to go to work. It's so it's beyond me. I want to know what some of these people do after all the protesting, after all of the stops. So do you? Or is that is that your full time job now? I'm going to be a protester. How how long does it go? Do you put that on a resume someday? Oh, I was a 2020 uh, full-time protester. Like, what? When? Okay, you've you've made your point. All you're doing is making things worse. We're not going to stop until uh, things change for forever. Okay. Well, uh, some of the demands I've heard are just insane. Similar to the Pac-12 uh, football players coming forward and trying to use this coronavirus situation as a opportunity to make money saying that that their uh, their safety their well-being is at risk and they want 50% of the revenue the football makes to pay players because they don't get anything they don't get anything like scholarships or room and board or food or an opportunity to get an education. They don't get any of those things. We need money. We we need what? And I want to know how I mean maybe maybe the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, all these other conferences maybe there's 
a small fraction of players that feel that way. I don't know. But how come they're moving forward ready to play? How come they're uh, not trying to go backwards? Because most of them, I feel, know that the opportunities that they gain from playing college football far outweigh what they would gain or lose from not playing. You get an opportunity to make yourself better as a person, as a football player, just to better yourself. But the Pac-12 football players, they really sum up uh, a lot of people in this country and how they look at this country. Hey, I I demand this. I demand, uh, it's like, don't demand anything. Go out and better yourself. Go out, play football, which you agreed to do. And and you know what? If you don't want to play football, no one's going to make you. No one's forcing you to play football. We'll get into all the details of it later on here, especially with Bill. I'm sure he has some opinions. But no one's forcing you to do anything. If you don't want to play because it's unsafe, don't play. There's players in the NFL doing that. Every day there's a guy saying, you know what? I don't want to risk it with health reasons. You know, I just think it's not in my best interest. Okay, all the power to them. Guys in Major League Baseball doing that. There's And those are guys who are actually going to lose money. I, I don't know of one college football player that has been threatened of losing their scholarship if they feel unsafe in playing this season. Maybe there'd be a little peer pressure, but okay, whatever. I think it's always important to want more in our lives. I know I do. But I'm not looking for the next person to just, hey, hey, help me out here. Or, hey, bring bring me along. No, I'm looking for my next opportunity. As I know a lot of people are coming off of unemployment and also just this whole coronavirus being ready to opening their eyes. It's opened a lot of people's eyes. I mean, like, you know what, what I was doing before? Uh, I can't count on. I need, to, I need to go in a new direction. I am one of those people 100% with some of the changes in my life that in moving forward that I need to do. So Pac-12 football players, you're, you're, I guess your heart may be in the right place, you, you, but again, the details of your demands is, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you've read some of the fine print or you understand how things work necessarily. So uh, we'll chat a lot about this stuff with Bill. Fired up today, guys. Fired up. I need. Uh, I need. I need more content. I need more topics. I need more uh, suggestions from you guys, as far as you know, just general thoughts on what are some good things to talk about. I want to know what you guys want to hear. Going back to that uh, Babylon B article that I, I I talked about, I forgot to mention. You know, peaceful protests break out in NHL games, you know, fights and, and all this and that. It was hilarious. Uh, I started reading some of the comments on it. It was hilarious because, <laughs> again, some of the, the comments were very satirical themselves, but a lot of people were like, yeah, defend the referees. Defend them or defund the referee, excuse me. I don't like saying defund that often. Defund, defund the referees. How could they let... These uh, peaceful protests erupt out, and it's, it was so funny. So if, if you have an opportunity to 
check out the Babylon Bee. And I know I, I mistakenly early on in this podcast quoted them as like a uh, a real news source. And not only was that a learning lesson for me as a rookie podcaster, but I was like, okay, you got to be sure what you say before uh, you confirm, you know, things before you say them or put them out there. So definitely a learning lesson, but uh, in, in doing so in, in kind of with learning that lesson, I've, I've been able to appreciate uh, topics like the Babylon Bee uh, and other satirical uh, news because so much of the, the news these days, it seems like satire. You're like, that can't be true. And it ends up uh, either not being true or, you know, spun to uh, basically fit a narrative, fit an agenda. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's where we're at in 2020. Oh, man, alive. Well, guys, enough for me rambling. I know I've kind of jumped all over the place and this and that. So let's let's get to our interview with Bill Barnes. I know he's here. He's uh, right around the corner. I think I hear him downstairs. He's actually coming over to the Eastvale Studios today here in Eastvale, California. So I've been at his place for a few weeks, but uh, headed over to his uh, or he's coming over here now. So getting back to where we uh, kind of started it all anyway. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll get right into it with our interview with Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every single Wednesday for strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, we are back with Bill Barnes again on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. He has made the trip down south to Eastvale, California today. Uh, let him, we let him fought the, fight the, uh, the traffic, if you will, coming down here. So uh, we haven't had a show here in the home studio in quite a while, but we're glad to be back with Bill. Bill Barnes, thanks for coming down here again. My pleasure. And uh, the, the traffic was not too bad. Um, you know, it's always good to be here. I see you've upgraded the studio a little bit. We have a television monitor here. You got the National Hockey League on. Um, yeah, it's great to be back in the honeypot, and um, you know it's 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 good. It's really really good. You got the air conditioner on. You're breaking down and cooling the place off. I like it. I like it. Uh, if it was up to me, this place would be sixty degrees every night. So uh, we're working on it. Uh, you know, we gotta. There's a democracy here at the house, I guess. So we'll, we'll continue to work on that, but no, it's well, a, yeah, that, that's a joke because this country is <laughs> supposed to be a democracy and we can see that it's being, um, uh, going in a really, really shitty direction, but that's for later in the show, I suppose. Yes. Uh, we have lots to talk about, uh, as we often joke and say, I, I got to tell you, it's always, I, there's no shortage of topics when you and I get together because we, we start all week, we're just like, man, I can't wait to talk about this with Bill. Man, I can't wait to talk about this with Bill. It's just the things add up. I try to write notes down uh, because uh, we, I think the once a week concept that we have is pretty good because you, you bottle everything up and then just blow it out on Wednesdays, right? Right. And, you know, shit happens every day. And from Wednesday to Wednesday, just a mountain of shit piles up that we can talk about because, and it's usually negative because of the, uh, a lot of the morons that are in charge of shit and they just can't figure it out. So 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna almost repeat a few things that we have said, but they, they continue to be relevant or continue to be topics of conversation. So, uh, we'll, but we'll touch on a lot of different things. However, Bill, today we're starting the show a little bit different. Uh, we actually this isn't a call in show by any means, although who knows, maybe someday. We, we happen to get, uh, I've been preaching about it for weeks now. We happen to get a voice message from a listener. Uh, I will. You got to be kidding me. We no. have a listener. <laughs> God bless him, whoever this one person is. <laughs> oh, oh God. My, my morale just went up a million percent. Yeah, absolutely. Someone's listening to you randomly. I, thought I was just spewing, talking to myself for the last three months. <laughs> This is fantastic. At least there's one person listening. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, who knows what we can, what direction we can go with this, if we can get more listeners and more people to quote unquote call in with their their uh, their uh, questions. Well, yeah, yeah, and when the COVID's over, we can have a fucking studio audience. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> we could have a we could have a, we could have questions from the audience. It'd be like the old Wally George show back in the eighties. <laughs> we we're, we're evolving. We are uh, you know improving every week here, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Just the color monitor you got over there. I'm watching the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers right now. You know, nothing else. That'll keep me entertained here. Yeah. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, we've only had two voice messages here on the program, and they've come from the same person. And so who might this person be? This person is a, a coach at Rio Hondo Prep. His name is Will Tarico. Oh, come on. Will Tarico? Yeah, I think it's actually Mike Tarico, the Monday Night Football announcer, who is, uh, you, you know, just using a, a fake name, and you know, he knows profession when he sees it. Okay, yeah. he knows true, true professional broadcasters. So it's a pleasure for Mike Tarico, <laughs> aka Will, to give us a question. Now, now, can I go into the Earl Weaver rant? Now, what's this fucking question? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh man, I hope more we've got to play that one day. Yes, we do on the show. Yeah, we got to find a way to do that. Manager's Corner by Earl Weaver. Oh my goodness! For the, for you folks out there listening, Will Tarico, I want you to Google. No, go to YouTube and put Manager's Corner Earl Weaver. And if you're offended by foul language, you won't like it. But if you will be truly entertained when you listen to this. It really. It, I'll just leave it at that. It, it makes this podcast look like uh, like we're in we're in Disney Studios <laughs> yeah. when we're doing this. It's about a two minute clip, and it's pretty hilarious. So, oh man, well, we will get to this question here, uh, Bill, because actually you were included in this question. Oh, you got to be. Oh well, let, yes. By all means, let's let's get to yes. right to it. Let's get right to our voice message with uh, Will Tarico, and then we will have a response from Bill and I. Hey, Matt. I know you've uh, talked about possibly stopping umpiring baseball um, as your career. I was wondering how much thought you've put into going back to coaching, maybe like a coaching or teaching position. And a question for Bill Barnes was curious to see how he thinks he would do as a coach. Thank you, Will, for your question for both Bill and I. I guess I will answer first. Uh, I have thought a lot about uh, walking away from umpiring, as you said, and if the right opportunity comes up, that would be great. However, I think at this time with coaching for me, 
Uh, although I would be interested if the right situation opened up, I think it's time for me to kind of move forward and, and get that kind of regular job and try to pursue the career a little bit here, put the toys away for a little bit maybe, and, uh, you know, try to get a big boy job and this and that, but I do miss coaching. Uh, I will probably miss officiating a little bit. Uh, but anyway, uh, so who knows? I'm not ruling it out, but in the, in the very near future, it's probably not going to happen, but I never rule it out. Now, Bill Barnes, uh, you heard the question from Mr. Will Tarico. What are your thoughts? Great question, Will. And I really appreciate in all seriousness. I'm putting my silliness aside. I appreciate the, the, the fact that you're listening and that you had a great question. And in answering your question, Will, I did coach back in the early 80s. I was a uh, football coach at John W. North High School in Riverside, and I was the special teams coach. And as we all know, we're, uh, coaching special teams, you have special people. And these <laughs> special people are usually the, the, the players that do not play regularly. And you hopefully, you hope, you're, you hope you have a good kicker on kickoff, uh, kickoff coverage. So the ball goes in the end zone, you don't have to do anything and be tested by trying to tackle someone. Because that's usually the type of folks you have is they're very, very uh, timid and shy. And it's your job to make them into, uh, you know, uh, special weapons and tactic people. That's why we call it special teams, because you're turning special ed kids into special weapons and tactic. You're turning them into SWAT operators. So that was my job. (laughs) And um, it was fun because you got to take kids that were not starters and make them animals. And I had a great deal of fun coaching these young men. Most of these kids, probably all of them didn't go to play football in college. They're probably doctors, lawyers, and uh, financial advisors now. And they're looking back in their lives and going, that fucking Bill Barnes made me who I am today. (laughs) The work ethic, the determination that he had for us and the, uh, the will and sacrifice that he made for us on the football field made me who I am. Uh, in fact, one of them, a guy by the name of, uh, of, uh, uh I don't know. You might've heard of him is, uh, he, he, uh, he, he, he does a little work at Facebook by the name of Mark Zuckerberg. Give me, no, I'm kidding. I'm joking, <laughs> joking. I, I carried it too far. No, in all seriousness, I did coach. I enjoyed it. Um, I coached up until I became a police officer and it was a lot of fun. And, the second part of the question, would I do it again? Uh, right now, probably not because I, I did leave officiating and at the best time to do it, by the way. I have another job now, but which I really, and I'm not playing games here. I do have another job that's, that's I really can't go into detail what I do, but I work long hours. In fact, I just got off a 24-hour shift yesterday. And no, I'm not a fireman because firemen work 24-hour shifts. I'm not laying around playing, you know, cooking meals and, and, and playing badminton like they do. No, I'm kidding. Firemen, <laughs> firemen are hardworking individuals. I'm, I'm kidding. That was our standing joke between us and them back in the day that, you know, when they roll out on a, on a, on a call at three in the morning, they would be upset because they had sleep in their eyes and we woke them up out of their sound sleep and they would get upset. And, you know, we told them, Hey, You'll be able to be on time to your second job of landscaping tomorrow. So relax, go back to bed. Sorry to bother you. No, in all, in all seriousness, firemen, they're America's heroes. Just ask them. And, you know, uh, anyway, I am not a fireman, but I do have a job now. And it's in the security industry. And that's as far as I can tell you. 
and what I do because the rest of it is very, very, very uh, hush-hush and on the QT. So would I go back if the right situation came up, if, um, you know, the L.A. Rams called me and said, hey, uh, listen, man, we know your background. We know your history. You know, you, 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 you're a special teams wizard. We'd kind of like for you to come down and uh, hold the clipboard for the special teams coach. I would probably do it. But, uh, no, I think my coaching days are over. My, my officiating days are definitely over. Uh, so, but it's a great question, Will. I, you're a coach. I wish you the best of luck in your upcoming season. I hope you get it in. I hope you're able to play your, your uh, allotted games. And I tease, I tease Matt a lot about Rio Hondo prep, but I think they're the, they're the uh, upcoming small school of the, of the, of the year as far as uh, uh, competing are you, uh, Matt, are you guys 11-man football? <laughs> yes, we are. You are. You're 11-man yes. now? Yes. Outstanding. Perfect. Okay. So that's 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 a uh, giant step for mankind, <laughs> as Neil Armstrong said about 51 years ago. So, 18 years 11-man now, Bill. Been... 18 years now? Yeah. Holy shit. Where you, have I been? You, you, know, you know what's crazy to think about is that <laughs> they decided to go 11-man during my senior year. So – so they put. They, so you had eight girls and you had eight <laughs> girls and three guys. No. Oh, you're a hater. Uh, no, they were much better athletes on that uh, that team than me. But yeah, they put uh, their stock in us uh, in moving forward into the eleven man okay. realm of football. Well, as soon as I hear Petros Papadakis talk about you guys on uh, on, on Rogan's Heroes, I'll believe that 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 you guys are contenders. When I hear him bring you guys up. Hey, Rio Hondo Prep out in Arcadia. Uh, they got beat 64 to nothing, but it's an improvement from the week before when they lost 86 to nothing. Wow. I'm kidding. Man, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, there used to be this thing in life called a joke. <laughs> when you can tell, per, tell somebody a joke and they don't get all butt hurt and pissed off. True. They want to fucking sue you. Okay. <laughs> it's a joke, people. J O K E. Google it, dictionary it, look it up. You know I think what? we need to, we as a human beings need to tell more fucking jokes and being so, and quit being so goddamn tight assed. Yes, we time. do. Yes, we do. Well, Will, once again, thanks for the, thanks for the question, man. <laughs> I hope I answered it in a, uh, in a satisfactory manner. <laughs> I think Will uh, and all the other Real Hondo Prep listeners out there, we're going to have to get Bill Barnes uh, on the sideline for a Real Hondo game in the winter or spring, whenever it is they're playing, uh, just to say that he came out and saw one game. I right? would be honored to. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> In fact, I want to throw out the first pitch at one of their baseball games. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Reformed Rio Hondo prep hater, now lover Bill Barnes will throw out the first pitch. And I guarantee fucking to you, I'll throw it better than that fucking little fucking fuckwad uh Dr. Fauci did. I'll tell you that right now. That yeah. guy looked like a monkey fucking a football when he threw oh, out the first pitch. Oh my goodness. Yes. That guy is uh something else. Well, Bill, let me ask you about your, your coaching days, how did you get your start? Did you just kind of wander on the field one day? Well, how did that happen? No, I played a little football uh, back in high school. And I was, uh, you know, I, I was out somewhere. I was, can't remember, I was at a racquetball court. And one of my co old coaches was there. And I, he asked me what I was doing. I said, nothing. I said, I was just, you know, killing time doing this, waiting for, you know, this and that. And waiting for, you know, something to fall out of the sky as far as the job was. He said, hey, you know, why don't you come, uh, you know, this was like in June of, I want to say 1980. And he said, hey, why don't you come and, uh, 
you know, we need a, we need a special teams coach. He goes, shit, anybody can do that. I said, I'm in. <laughs> so I went to one of their meetings. I got hired. I, you know, got the, the coaching shirt and the, and the black slacks and the, uh, and the shorts, the old uh, double knit, uncomfortable old man golfing shorts that they used to hand out. I got mm-hmm. a pair of those and got a pair of Rydell coaching shoes and, and a whistle and, and, and a bad attitude and, and, and called everybody meat. And, and <laughs> I was on my way. So, so as a special teams coach, were, were you weekly trying to uh, come up with something that would just change the I game? Had, I had a, a, a play every week. I drew, up, I drew up fake PATs. I drew up fake field goals, fake punts. I had a fake for a fake. I had a double <laughs> reverse. You know, I had, the, I, I had a, a fumble ruski on a field goal attempt. I had all these things drawn up. And I would tell, I would, I would always, they say, okay, they'd yell, you know, on third down, punt alert, punt alert, punt alert. And I'd have to get my guys ready for my punt team. All, you know, all these, these, you know, scholar athletes ready to go out there. And I'd look at them and go, God damn, are we in trouble? <laughs> and I would say, I would tell, uh, you know, I, in the headset, I'd say, Hey, Hey, uh, coach, coach, I think, I think it's time. I think we can, I, that, that wrinkle that I showed you Thursday, I think, I think we're good. He goes, and he would tell me, you know, in no uncertain terms, to shut the fuck up. <laughs> He'll make those decisions <laughs> so loudly that I would have to hold my headset away from my ears. And uh, so I had wrinkles ready to go. In fact, we did. We were down. At, we down, went down and played Palm Springs High School one night. And he decided that okay, you got to. He goes, you got a fake field goal. I go, I do. He goes, all right, get ready. He goes, we're gonna. We're, if we get down and we don't score, we're inside. We're inside the ten. We don't score. We're going with it. I said, you got it, coach. So I got these guys together and I go, look, I go, let's hope to Christ they don't score <laughs> because we can show what we got here, guys. So I got them all together and sure as shit, we went in and uh, we ran the, we ran a fake. Uh, the, the kicker did a great job in, in a decoy, went up, kicked the ball, fell on his ass. Our, our snapper, who, who if the other team was smart, would know that he didn't have his knees on the ground. Mm-hmm. When he took the snap, he jumped up, threw a pass to our white, to our, our tight end on the left side, kind of a, a uh, throwback, which resulted in six points. Beautiful. And I thought, I thought I was fucking Vince Lombardi and they were going to carry me off the fucking field. <laughs> okay. When I called that play, it was right at the end of the half. Mm-hmm. We, it was the end of the half. We kicked, we kicked the extra point and we were done and we were done. And I, I ran off that field in Palm Springs. It was about 105 fucking degrees. And I was on cloud nine, right? Not that I did it, yeah. but I drew it up. You drew it? I drew it up. For months, for weeks. For months, I, had that, I, had that play. Yeah. I had that play for, you know, since June when they hired me, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I used to look back then, you know, I used to look at all the, you know, the special team coaches in the NFL and I thought, shit, I can do this. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that. You know, I'm thinking, shit, what, the, what am I doing? Why am I at the high school level? I'm 21 years old. I should be in the NFL. Oh, man. What the uh, fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Come on, guys. Uh, you... But no, the funnest part of that job was having daily interactions with these kids mm-hmm. and seeing them grow and me motivate them or try to motivate them. And again, I'm being serious. A lot of them became really, really fine human beings mm-hmm. and had great jobs and went to college, not to play football, mind you. <laughs> But on Scott on on academic type uh, endeavors, which I guess is what it's supposed to be all about. Yeah. Last time I checked. Absolutely. You know. 
Hundred so, percent. Yeah, I bet so, you. I bet you. There's somebody somewhere saying, "You know what? I used to have this special teams coach called Bill Barnes." Well, I've I've, <laughs> I've actually uh, reconnected with a few of them on on Facebook. Oh, good. They friended me. I go, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> and I would, I go, "Well, I don't want to. I don't want to be an asshole. I'm not going to not friend them. So I'll friend them." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm getting a, a private message from them. You know, and they're they're and they're reminding me of the time that I broke three clipboards in 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 the span of about one hour at a practice when, you know, we couldn't uh, tackle anybody, you know, on, on, because Thursdays typically are your special teams days. Mm -hmm. So the practice was mine basically on Thursdays, getting mm -hmm. ready for Friday night. We'd go out and we'd do our special teams on Thursdays and do a uh, walkthrough on plays. Well, special, my, my day was Thursday. That was, that was my, you know, that's where I earned my money because we did a lot of special teams on Thursday, even though we touched on it Monday through Wednesday. But, uh, that's when the rubber met the road. That's who, that's when I had full carte blanche of guys that I said, okay, put him, him, him in there. I was the, I made the lineup on special teams. Okay. <laughs> and there was a few times I got disenchanted with some of these non-athletes and I told the head coach, I said, look, I said, this guy, I cannot, he cannot, I can't put him out there. Okay. I'd have trouble. I would have, I, I would, I would have trouble making him a ball boy. Okay. He, he is so dysfunctioned. I said, I need a couple of athletes to supplement, you know, my, yeah. my 11 and which would piss him off. Cause he wanted to rest those guys. Mm -hmm. He didn't want guys playing every down because these were offense defense guys. They went both ways. And the only time they got to rest was when we were either punting, or punt, you know, punt return, mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, the deal, but I need, I told him, I said, coach, I need two athletes because these guys, you know, they should be building dollhouses. Okay. I need two athletes. And so he gave me a couple and, and we were better for it. And it made the other guys better. Oh yeah. I mean, special teams are interesting. It's always loved it. I would probably, the more I'm talking about it now, I, I would, you know, I would, I would give serious consideration at the right school, the right place, yeah. the right time yeah, and, 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 and go back. Cause it was a lot of fun, but now, you know, you, you I mean, that's 40 years ago when I coached. <laughs> okay. And that's back when, you know, you could motivate people in the right way. Yeah. Now it's, you know, Hey, with your blessing, do you think you could uh, maybe mix in a tackle into your day? I would really, really like that. Uh, you know, perhaps I, I could give you a couple cookies if you want to, you know, try a little harder. Whereas back in the day, you threatened them with their fucking life. <laughs> you said, I'm going to come over. Not only am I going to fuck your mother, I'm going to fuck your sister. Jesus. If you don't make a goddamn tackle. Oh, my God. Well, no, hey. I'm serious. Oh. And that's why these people are good human beings. Yeah. Yeah, they have, they have nightmares every once in a while, but so what? <laughs> you had to go that. Oh man, you always go. The the one, hey what? hey hey, Coach uh, Tariko asked a question, and I'm going to be decent and thorough enough to to complete to make a complete answer. Oh my, Bill Barnes, you always go one exit too far. Uh, well, Bill, you know you what you see on the NFL or the uh, even college football. You know they only. You're probably going to go fucking edit that. I get it. Uh, hey. You're gonna go edit it. I know you've cut most of my good shit is on a fucking edit. <laughs> it's on an editing room floor somewhere. It, go ahead. It'll be. It'll. Yeah, it's in a dark locker somewhere. Oh my. I mean, you know what though? I think most people know who who you are now. If the the handful of people that listen on Wednesdays, they they know what they're hey, getting. There's into. a few people right now after hearing that that are pulling themselves off the floor laughing so fucking hard <laughs> that their side hurts and they piss themselves. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, I hope so. <laughs> well, uh, so the NFL or college football, they, they, the only time you see the special teams coach on camera is when there's a cool fake punt, fake field goal, or they've given up like a long touchdown return. You know, they've done, done something stupid. And, and so the special teams guys don't get a lot of airtime as far as, you know, the camera goes and everything. But, man, if something goes wrong, oh, they, it's all on You them. have everything – you have nothing to win and everything to lose <laughs> yes. in the in the uh, in the special teams uh, category. Don't make the same mistake once. Ooh, don't make the same mistake once. Is what I used to tell these guys. I love. That. And you know where I copied that from? Where? Uh, I read a book. Coach Rod Dato at USC, baseball coach there for many years. Interesting. Uh, said made that statement, and that he and every guy that's played for him has said, hearing that. You knew where it was coming from. If you fucked up, you were going to sit down. Don't make the same mistake. Don't mistake. The, don't make the same mistake once. Oh man, I, I got to write this one down. I love stuff like that. Don't make the same mistake once. Wow. See, see, some, now now people are writing that down now to say the wisdom. As they should. You know, it, I, give no credit to me. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm not smart enough to think of that. Fifty nine minutes of nonsense, but maybe one minute of wisdom yeah, from you yeah, here. That came. That came from Coach Rod Dato, who was told to me. <laughs> Told to me, and we're going to talk about him here shortly. By uh, I heard this from Mike Gillespie, coach, longtime baseball coach at Irvine and USC and College of the Canyons. That was said by him, and it was told to him by his coach back in 1960, Rod Dato, USC baseball. Yeah, a legend in uh, Rod Dato, uh, a bunch of national championships back when USC used okay, to play here, well. Rod Dato, here's a trivia question for okay. you, Matt. If you if you get this. You're smarter than I ever gave you credit to be. Okay. okay. If you get this, you should be on Jeopardy. You ready? I'm ready. The, um, how much money a year did Rod Dato make as a baseball coach at USC? I believe it was a dollar. You are absolutely fucking correct. Unbelievable. Bam. And we didn't rehearse this. No, we did not. That is outstanding. Thank you, sir. One dollar a year because what? he had some big major trucking company. Yes. That he made all his money on. That is that is absolutely right. <laughs> I am shocked and amazed, and I've just defecated myself <laughs> in, in complete shock and amazement that you got that right. Yes, that, sir. A lot of people don't know that. He's probably the uh, well, we'll say he's the most underpaid coach at USC's ever had, <laughs> let alone anybody really. A dollar a year. A dollar a year. What was his favorite word he would call players? Oh, like, hey babe, hey dude. What was his word? Now you're now you're getting to me. Well, of course uh, I gotta I gotta get something. On you gotta you. get something. Um, what do you call them? Their number? No. Okay. Oh no, that's demeaning. That's uh, that's that's Augie Garrido. Augie right Garrido did because Augie yeah. didn't come to practice. Hey, forty two. Yeah. Hey, twenty one. Augie was Augie yeah. had other things to. Um, what he called it? Well, you said meat, so I don't think it was that. No. Um, uh, I, I give up. Tiger. 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 Hey, Tiger! Come on, Tiger! That was really. Uh, that was Rod. Okay. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. See the things you learn, guys, here on the on the podcast. Uh, outstanding stuff. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that, but I remember Rod Dato, a dollar a year, and I I was absolutely very surprised. Absolutely. Um, well, anyway, uh, you mentioned it, Bill, and so we'll kind of talk about it now. But uh, USC had a great baseball tradition uh, at one time, not so much anymore. But uh, someone who used to coach there uh, was uh, Mike Gillespie, and Mike Gillespie won a national title, I believe, in '97 there. Uh, coached there a long time after uh, Dato had a history. You kind of talked a little bit about other places he's coached, but unfortunately 
Uh, Mike Gillespie retired from coaching a couple years ago. Uh, After the uh, 2018 season. Yes, yes. Uh, so not this last season, but the season before that. He coached. He had some good success at UC Irvine uh, for know, almost 10 years, maybe longer. I can't remember. I but 12, 12 years? Yeah, over 10 years. Okay. So, uh, But anyway, uh, Mike Gillespie, uh, tough guy between the lines, uh, but he passed away last week, not too long after our show last week. And I know uh, you, like many people, had your run-ins with Mike Gillespie on the baseball field. He was a very tough guy. Just kind of what are some of your thoughts about the world losing uh, Coach Mike Gillespie? Coach Mike Gillespie was, uh, if you talk to any of his players, and he coached a shitload that went on to play in Major League Baseball. Brett Boone, um, I mean, that's just to name one. I mean, a lot. Um, Barry Zito, pitcher. Um, Mike was just a son of a bitch at, from the pregame meeting to the last out. Okay. Whether he won or lost and you did a good job on the plate, he would tell you, he would tell you I, there was a, one game came to mind. It was a Saturday afternoon game in Irvine. They were playing Northridge. I had the plate early in the game, about the third inning, I got smoked behind the plate. It broke my mask mm. and it, I got, I mean, I probably had a mild concussion. I just didn't know it. And back then you didn't pull yourself out of a game. It broke my mask. So we had to go in. I got my partner's mask put in on, put in on, worked the game. It was a two to one game against Northridge who weren't that good, weren't that good back then. They beat them. And as you walk off the field (coughs) to your locker room, you have to pass in front of the third base dugout, which is where Irvine is. Mike came out, looked right, looked at me right in the eye and said, nice job today, Bill. And I thought, Jesus Christ, I must have a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> because he lost two to one on a, just a pitcher's duel and he lost and he's telling me I did a good job. I thought, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> but in, in, in getting to work more of his games and, and knowing the man that he is, he appreciated, he was tough on us. He made us better umpires. He yes. made us better umpires because he didn't take a pitch off. He didn't take a playoff from the pregame meeting. He came out with a game face on at the pregame meeting. He, I worked with guys that were friends with him off the field where they had coached together back in the day where he had, he had coached a lot of these umpires uh, either at canyons or at USC or wherever and knew them. And they were his players and he was as hard on them as umpires as he was when they were players and you think, you know, you'd give a guy a break. No way. Ask, you know, Chuck Lyon comes, mm-hmm. comes to mind. Chuck was a worked the college world series one year. And I, I remember working a series with him and he was on Chuck's ass the whole series. I mean, ruthless. Yeah. And he was one of his players <laughs> when, when he coached the canyons. He, he really was a tough guy to deal with. I, I know he, some guys would feel like he, he was ganging up on him, but I was like, no, he was that way with everybody. Everybody. Young guy, old guy, didn't, didn't matter. matter. Yeah. No, no. I mean, he went after guys that I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, he's going after him? You know, I remember there was a, a there was a national TV game. I think I've told this story, but I'll tell it again because Mike's involved. Um, I'm working with two heavy hitter umpires. Heavy hitters, Jeff Hendricks and Billy Van Raphorst. And it's Irvine Fullerton. Uh, late in the year for the conference championship. Yes. Yes. Assholes are tight. 
you know, and uh, Vanderhook's coaching at Fullerton and, and Mike's over in the Irvine dugout. And it's game, game one was real, real quick the night before. I think Fullerton beat him. No problem, no harm, no foul, nothing. Hendricks, you know, like he always does, he was the play guy, waltzed through. Nobody said shit to him. You know, he was calling pitches four inches off the corners and nobody said a goddamn word to him. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, so now Saturday night, I knew that the game was going to be on some type of regional back channel country bunkin network somewhere, right? That Fox had. So we're walking in the tunnel and the the what we call the the um, the red hat is the girl or man that we look at and they tell us when to resume play after a commercial break comes up to me and she goes, Oh yeah, you guys are the only game in town tonight. Um, uh, Fox sports West picked this game up and they're going to televise it because the angels played this afternoon. <laughs> My <laughs> asshole puckered to the point where you couldn't put a nickel up it. Okay. I mean, I was just, I became, comp- and I looked out, the stands are packed it's a nice warm Saturday, five o'clock game. Um, I had friends there. My wife at the time was there who hated baseball <laughs> and thought I was like just some amateur, you know, dipshit umpire. He just went out and did it for fun, you know. So I had a lot of, you know, so this was a big game, big game, big game, big game. So I'll get right to the point here. Um, it's late in the game and it's a it's a two to one game going into the top of the ninth. Uh, guy by the name of uh, Lorenzen. What was his first name? Uh, Mike. Michael Lorenzen. Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen, who now plays for the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. Throws about a hundred miles an hour. Comes in in relief for Fullerton to try to shut the shut the door on these guys. Uh, Lead off walk. Then there's a strikeout. We got one out. The batter, the next batter up, left-handed hitter. Ball in the dirt. He claims that that the ball hit him. It did not. I kept him at the plate. Uh, Gillespie comes out, wants to argue this. His words were, quote, you know, Bill, there's nothing we can do about it right now. You've made your call. However, tonight, we're going to watch this on the replay, and we're going to see how fucking absolutely fucking wrong you were and how you might have com- really, really fucked us on this, on this, on this inning. <laughs> And I said, well, Mike, I said, uh, so eloquently put, I go, I guess we'll find out. I knew damn well the ball didn't hit. I, I was 100%. Mm-hmm. So we go back, we continue. next, And then he said, yells to his guy, hit the fastball. Well, guess what? Lorenzen throws a fastball on the next pitch. Guy gets a base hit. So who cares if he got hit or not? Yeah. Right? So then they end up scoring the tying run on a play. I shit you not. It's, it's strike three to end the game. And the goddamn catcher misses the ball. Yeah. The guy from third comes in, gets about one thirty-second of the plate when he touches it. <laughs> Barely touched it. Barely touched it. So people are screaming and yelling, appeal, appeal, appeal. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. I go, <laughs> Bill, if you want to be center cut on Sports Center tonight, if they appeal, you call this fucker out, even though he got a bit of the plate. But it, but but probably on TV, it's 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 – really not you really can't tell you're gonna you're gonna have to get a police escort out of here because you're taking a runoff and they, and Fullerton wins they didn't appeal they did not appeal we played on went to the bottom of the ninth big gun for uh for uh Fullerton comes up hits a walk-off home run I was never so relieved to walk <laughs> off a baseball field in my life 
in my life. So that's one Gillespie. The next day, the next day, the next day, I'll be go to hell. If I'm working third base and I had a, I had a pretty good play job. I had a really good play job that night. And, you know, both, you know, you can't get a, if for all of you that know Billy Van Raphorst, you can't get a compliment, compliment out of him if you saved his family from a burning fucking uh, house. Okay. He told me I did a great job. Hendricks told me I did a great job. Dale Williams, our uh, coordinator, came in with beer, gave me a beer in the shower, gave me a hug when I'm naked in the shower, and gave me a big hug. I'm all lathered and soaped up. I thought, Jesus Christ, what are, what are we making a prison movie? What's going on here? So anyway, make a long story longer here. Um, the next day, I'm working third base, and now this Lorenzen kid's playing center field. An Irvine kid hits one to deep left center. I thought the ball left the yard. So I'm signaling home run, and sure as shit, I lost the ball in the pads, and <laughs> the ball did not leave the yard. Here comes uh, Vanderhook, who's using every every foul letter, foul uh, word in the book. And I said, Hooky, I'm going to get help. All right, relax, calm down. Take it down to DEFCOM 1 here, okay? I'm going to get help. I go, I'm going to get help whether the ball left the yard or not. So I go over to, we, we, we reverse the call. We give the guy third base, nobody out. So now I got to go talk to Gillespie. He goes, now, Bill, he put folds his arms and he says, Bill, I'm a thousand percent pissed off right now. And I said, Mike, you're a thousand percent off, thousand percent pissed off. How the fuck do you think I feel? I just called a fucking home run. I just called a double a home run. I go, I'm the asshole here, Mike, because I have to come over here and tell you that you have a runner at third with nobody out. And if you can't get him home, that's your problem. <laughs> I said, I gave you, I, my fuck up gave you an extra base. I said, are we good here now? He goes, ah, the ball hit the screen on the other side of the fence. I go, no, it didn't. <laughs> and he chuckled. I chuckled and we went on our, our way. So would you say, because some of my experiences with him and things that I saw sometimes just from a press box even were let, he he was always a guy that he was going to argue at times just to argue. There's times he was right also, but there was times he's like, well, I'm, I got to, I got to make a point here. He knew his reputation of being a tough guy and being an asshole. And he used it to his advantage to try to intimidate umpires. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there were some of us that enjoyed working his games because a, he kept us dialed in B he wasn't going to intimidate us. No, we were going to respect him and he respected us. It was a two way street. And I really, if I was, a, if I had a kid who played baseball, I would send him to wherever he was coaching. Mm. And if I, um, you know, I mean, he's the type of guy that demands excellent out of, excellence out of people. He realizes not everybody's going to go to the next level, but you play for him and you're going to be a better human being when you leave his uh, program, whether you go to the next level or not. Yeah, I and know. a lot of people have said that. Yeah, he's there, coached there a been. lot of coaches now that are coaching in in college baseball, mm -hmm. and they've said the same thing that he was a great leader of men, and that you know I had the chance to you know know him off the field by some you know there was some occasions where I was at that he was at through some mutual friends, and the Mike Gillespie off the field was just a great guy. He would have been a great guy to have on this show. Oh, man.
Okay. Yeah, absolutely. He's he was articulate, smart, intelligent, intelligent. He was an avid reader. He knew not only baseball, he knew life. He knew things like you know that like for instance, you know, there was a there was a West Coast bias, I think, on having teams from out west in the top 10. Oh, no doubt. In in uh, the national poll. And at a pregame meeting one time, uh, Vanderhoek was bitching about it. And I get, and Mike's answer was, Hookie, there's not a fucking thing you can do about it. So why bit? Why even complain? There's <laughs> nothing you can do. And he was right. You know, you can't get upset about things you can't control. Amen and that was that. one thing about Mike is he was pretty good at that. Now, he was, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know saying that he should be a saint or anything, but he was a good man. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He was a great man. And, and the, he probably touched a lot of people's lives. Uh, the, the student athletes that he coached in a really, really good way. I've never heard anybody that played for him say anything bad about him, even uh, anybody. And I know there's umpires out there that hated his games because, you know, he would, you know, he would he would fuck with you when he crossed the line. But he knew he was crossing. He the knew line. it. He knew he was going to get you kicked know? out. Yeah. Hell, he would he'd take his lineup out and give the pen and, and paper <laughs> to it to to his assistant. And you'd see that and you go, well, I guess someone's going to run him because yeah. he wants to go. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And after the game, I swear to God, Matt, if you had two flat tires in your parking lot in the parking lot and he sees you, he will stop. And if he can't help you, he'll call triple A for you. Yeah. OK, that's just the way he was. He was tough. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I know when he was at SC, he was there towards kind of the end of their uh, glory days. You know, we talked about his the national championship he won, and then he had moved on. And, and when he eventually took the job at UC Irvine, Dave Serrano kind of got that program going. And the conversation, I remember with like the, some of the press and the media and everything was like, well, you know, Mike Gillespie, you know, you're kind of going to a program now that isn't uh, a big bopper home run hitting type of, you know, SEC, big time Pac-12 school. And he said, yeah, I got no issue with the sacrifice blunt or, or playing well, small ball. And, and and they did, he he bought into that and adapted even in his older age. Yes, there was no better run and hit team ever at any level that mm -hmm. I saw. Mm -hmm. I mean, when a, when a guy broke from first base and there was a run and hit, that, that batter either hit the ball or fouled it off. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any swing and miss. They there was great execution. Bunts they played fundamentally sound baseball. Mm -hmm. And when they didn't, and they used and they fucked it up, you could see Mike <laughs> go ballistic in the dugout. Oh yeah, big on the little things. Big and, on little things. Yeah, I mean, when they, he he took Irvine. I know Serrano took them to the World Series one year and everything, but he really took them to the next level of just consistently being in the national mix. It's consistently being up there. And yeah, the way they played ball is something that any high school team uh, would would learn a few things from if they went and watched. Uh, yes, I mean I, I equate. I mean I played when I played high school baseball. I played for this a similar type of coach. I think we talked about it where we played summer ball and we bunted every time up just to get good at bunting. <laughs> well, my old coach Rich Stalder, uh, I saw a great deal of similarities in the two of them. In fact, they're almost the same age. Uh, they're both you know, completely gruff when the game starts. And when the game's over, it's over. Mm -hmm. It's over. You know, it's like a game of Monopoly. You know, whoever got park place and won, 
oh, well, you know, you fought during the, the game. But when it was over, it's over. There was no hard feelings, no grudges. Didn't Gillespie one time, was it maybe a rain delay or something, where you asked him directly, like, Mike? No, I, I was I was there. I was on that crew. Yeah. And it was another umpire who asked him, oh, Mike, okay. why are you such an asshole? <laughs> he goes, I've got to be. He goes, i got to score runs for my team. Yeah. Because they're not worth a shit right now. So I have to pick them up. He goes, he goes, he goes, you're smart enough to know it's nothing personal. That's just me competing. That's do me doing my job. And when I go overboard, you know what I do, and you run me, and I get the hell out of here. You know what I respected about him was you, you deal with other similarity, similar people like him, but they will say that maybe, but then as soon as you jump into them or you eject them or maybe give them a little bit back, which you had to do with guys like Mike, uh, those guys would shrivel up and be like, whoa, hey, hey, I can't even talk to you. Whereas Mike, it wasn't really fake. Mike was old school. Yeah. He was 80 years old. He was 78 years old when he quit coaching. Man. He was 80 when he passed. He was 78 when he quit, quit coaching. And he was of the old school. He wore his socks old school. He wore a <laughs> uniform. He didn't wear a fucking, you know, garbage bag jacket. He wore a goddamn uniform. Okay. And he was old school. He was his player. Uh, he kept his players under control. His coaches didn't yell at you. No. It was him and him only. Yes. When somebody was barking from the dugout, you know it was Mike. Mm -hmm. Because he would, he he, he took care of his own house. And he never cheated. He didn't have any guys use stupid balk moves. He didn't try any fancy stupid bullshit except that time when his player said he got hit and he didn't. (laughs) You know, I think that was probably an orchestrated move or something. But, hey, they're playing Fullerton and they got to win. Yeah. I get it. I mean, he, he, so far as old school, like, uh, he, he was referred to as Skip from his players, right? Yes. Yes. And I can't remember how that name, I think it was an assistant coach back in his, uh, you know, early days at SC that gave him that name. Mm. I heard the story on that and I can't remember the exact story, but yeah, he was referred to as Skip, the skipper of the boat. That's right. That's right. Well, well, something other kind of funny, Bill, that I think you told me about Mike Gillespie when I was complaining about him or something. And then you told me this and I, I think I was even more mad because, uh, well, you said he was a former basketball official. He was a high school basketball official. Yeah. Um, you know, he lived up in the Santa Clarita area when he coached at Canyons and it was during his coaching uh, uh, time at College of the Canyons or might have might even been when he was a high, I didn't even know if he was a high school coach or not, but early on, I mean, he's 80 years old. He had a lot of years to do stuff, but I, he was a basketball official at one time. But again, when you're, when you're an official, you're an official. When you're a coach, you're a coach. And if you blend the two, you're going to do poorly at officiating and you're going to do poorly as a coach. Either you're either, you're either shirts or skins for that day. Okay. And he did, you know, he went about it the right way. He coached hard, he, and he demanded a lot of his players, and he sure as fuck demanded a lot of out of, out of us umpires. Very much so. Yeah, uh, Michael Espy, uh, rest in peace, 80 years old. Uh, call it as if, uh, well, we've talked about how weird the he, he wasn't a young man, let's say that, but how weird this year has been. I mean, we've lost a lot of people, and uh, Michael Espy there last week was just another one of them that uh, will be missed. Definitely. Well, Bill, if we kind of transition here into maybe some more sports talk uh, before we get into some other things, but, uh, you know, sports has come back, we'll say. 
Um, maybe not in the, the way we're used to. I mean, we've never seen a month of August like this for sure. Uh, I know you've kind of tuned into baseball. I don't know if you've seen any of the things in basketball or hockey or, uh, but, but there's so many options now. I mean, what are your thoughts as of right now on sports kind of being back some of the demonstrations you've seen? I mean, just with your general thoughts on anything really that you've seen the past week. I, I'm a firm believer that politics and sports don't mix. If I want to watch politics and the bullshit aspect of it, I'll turn on CNN or Fox news. If I want to watch a fucking baseball game, I don't want to have any political affiliation with that baseball game. Mm -hmm. I think the NHL has done it right. Yeah. They've restarted the, the season and they've just, they're just playing. Okay. Basketball. We know what they did. Even the fucking referees took a knee, which I'm in total disgust with. I think it's bullshit. And if I knew that I would call, I call, I, I, I think it's, it's a cop out and they're being weak. And if they really feel that way, don't do it anyway. Cause you're a goddamn referee. You're, you're, you're there as impartial, as impartial, neutral arbiter. Okay. Get off your fucking knees. Just like I was pissed at the cops. The when cops, I did. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get off your fucking knees. And when I saw that, I said, I'm done with basketball. Yeah. And Look, it, I believe everybody has a right to their beliefs, mm -hmm. but if I go to my job and I start spewing my political agenda, that's not the time or place for it. Mm -hmm. I'm there to work. Okay. Uh, I, I, I didn't like it. Basketball, they can basically kiss, kiss my ass. It's, it's everyone's doing it. And that's, that's the big uh, problem. I and mean, base, I have. baseball did it the first week. I haven't seen as much lately. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to name names and I'm not going to name organizations because people can probably figure this out. If you're going to, if you're going to jump on a bandwagon of, of the flavor of the month, uh, do some, do some history, do some background on these organizations yeah. before you throw your support to them. Mm -hmm. Cause they can be complete socialist fucked up organizations that don't want good for everyone. Now, if they stood, if they're standing up for cancer, if cancer research, again, that's different. But when it's a political type circus atmosphere that they've created, I call bullshit to that. It's not like they're trying to get fans in the ballpark. Because mm -hmm. we all know, you know, they're, they're dressed up and nowhere to go because they've got these big, beautiful stadiums they're playing in. And it's depressing to watch these games with these cardboard cutouts yeah. and the amped-in music, or not music, but but fan noise. It the more they try to make it realistic, the more it looks phony. You need to accept what it is. There's nobody there. It is just come on. play the fucking game. Yeah, absolutely. And and to talk kind of about your the anthem topic, Bill. You know, baseball, they had this demonstration before the anthem where everyone was unified and kneeling, and then a few players still knelt. Okay, the NBA, basically everyone did it. Uh, players, uh, referees, coaches, pretty much everybody. There were a few exceptions, and we'll get to that in a second. Hockey, for the most part, uh, the, the teams, there was still uh, demonstrations before the game on the screens and you know, all these phrases, catchphrases and everything. Uh, most of the players did not did not uh, kneel for the anthem there was I, just for total you know transparency and everything there were two players i believe it was nas last night four players two from the dallas stars and two from uh vegas that uh, kneeled during the anthem which uh, i did find interesting that you know they they were the only guys who did it whereas uh i i don't know if 
if I have the same extreme approach, like, okay, if everyone's doing this, I don't want any part of this. I, I'm almost willing to give the league a little bit more uh, just with it being a couple of guys. But I also see people's anger in, in even seeing just a few people doing it. Well, here's something that really, really stands out to me. It's not really sports related, but it has to do with the flag. Uh, Congressman John Lewis died a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And they had this long, drawn out um, one week celebration of life for him, which is fine. Yeah. Okay. He was a civil rights pioneer. Whether you believe in that or not is, is, is a moot point. But what gets me is that here's Mr. Lewis, who himself back in the 1960s, was a victim of police brutality. Mm -hmm. They cracked his skull with a stick when he's when he's trying to march over a bridge, and they beat him half to death. Okay, and he was always a uh, outspoken on police brutality, outspoken on on racism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, God bless him for that. But what gets me, what strikes me so strange, is that when he lied in state. And when they, they carried his coffin into the Capitol, there was an American flag on it. And for a guy and for a movement, for him back in a movement that was anti-American flag and everybody kneeling at the flag was bad, he had a flag on his coffin. Riddle me that. It's uh, Would somebody can't please? Ex can't explain it. Okay. I, I hope there's somebody out there listening. Maybe maybe, maybe um, Coach Tirico might know somebody <laughs> that knows somebody. <laughs> And somebody could call in and say, here's why. But to me, that's kind of, um, isn't that kind of counterproductive of their uh, movement? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we're seeing American flags burned every day here, especially again, with the movement. But, but, but whoever decided to drape his coffin, put an American flag on there. The mm -hmm. one thing that they were, that they were in, in protest of. Yeah. It's odd. It, it's, again, I, I think every week we could talk about or the title of the show could be inconsistent. It's, it's, there's nothing but inconsistencies and hypocrisies out there. Life is like a heartbeat. We're up one day, we're down another, another, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I you know, we're you. doing an EKG and one day we're up one day. We're down just like the fucking stock market. I guess. <laughs> yes, I don't know. That's it. Well, of, of that funeral, first of all, there's been a lot of people who haven't had opportunities to bury loved ones during this COVID lockdown time. So that's a whole nother subject. Uh, but, I was kind of disturbed that I have never, ever, ever, Bill, seen a funeral turn into a political rally. Well, you can ask your good friend Barack Obama yeah. and your other good friend Bill Clinton and your other friend uh, George Bush. Why? Yeah. Why? Was... Because this country, a certain part who are Democrats, they want to take Donald Trump down at any fucking cost. At any cost, they want him out, and I think Trump's feeling the pressure. I, I I'm I'm waiting for his uh, campaign to start revving up and start going out and kicking ass, and like he did with Hillary back in 2016. I haven't seen that yet, and we're we're in August, man. Uh, three months from now is is three months from tonight, the fourth November on November third actually is election night, mm -hmm. and you know. All he's doing is is uh, bashing the mail-in thing. Well, make people want to vote for you, and, and it won't matter what the mail is, okay? Unless, unless somehow there's voter fraud, which doesn't surprise me at all. No, that's always a threat, always out there. Um, and and yeah, if he wants to 
really get things going, he's he's going to have to start it up because, now. Because to be perfectly honest with you, uh, Donald Trump is not the 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 world beater and the best president we've ever had. If there was somebody out there better, I'd like to see him because yeah. I would certainly give 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 them some attention. But I'll be goddamned if Joe Biden is okay. He needs a drool cup and a warm sweater and a blanket half the time. All right. And he needs to have a mom. He needs to be, uh, uh, he needs to be chipped like a dog in case he gets lost somewhere. Then go find him because he is a mess. So that's what we have. We've either got Biden who's going to be, who's going to be led by God only knows who, or we've got Trump who's his own man, but sometimes, you know, here, here's my here's my criticism of people that are critical of Donald Trump, uh, and and I'm critical of him as well. It's everyone's right to do that. But what I hear is a couple different conflicting things. Let's talk uh, racism, for instance. Well, Donald Trump has caused all this racism. Well, wait a minute. I thought the racism was systemic, and it, it goes back for years. So which one is it? I want to know which one it is, Bill. Whatever, whatever's convenient for that day. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, Donald Trump created all of this chaos. Donald Trump created all these idiots in Portland, the people burning American flags and Bibles and destroying a city and and, and crying when when police show up to knock them around. Uh, that's all his fault. No, it's it's all these idiots who who want to continue to uh, not not be law abiding citizens. Let's just have a civil war and be done with it. Okay, <laughs> let's just let's just arm ourselves and. You know, and, and it's every man for himself. Because I'm about sick and tired of the bullshit. It, it, it's getting that way, Bill. I mean, I, I've traveled. First of all, I've traveled outside of California a little bit here. And, and you know, I probably should be in prison for that with some of the policies that uh, I've heard with uh, the lockdown and everything. And I know you've traveled as well. Uh, it's, it, it was interesting seeing people in other states. And it gave me a little bit of hope knowing, okay, there's some people with heads on their shoulders. There's a silent majority out there. That's for Donald Trump. There are people I went to when I went to have uh, when I went to Laughlin and Bullhead about a month ago, I was out on the river and there were Trump flags, Trump hats, Trump T-shirts, Trump everything. So there's a lot of support for him. You know, we get brainwashed by being in Southern California that he's the Antichrist when in fact he's not. And there is support for him. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, again, whatever someone's political beliefs are fine, but I can't listen to you when there's when you're burning a flag or you're destroying. These are peaceful protesters. No, you're not. You know, those days are long gone. Everything else now is is, is terrorism. Some of the stuff I see. When you're a peaceful protester, that means you're standing somewhere with a flag. You're not you're not uh, inhibiting traffic. You're not inhibiting a person's movement. You're not saying anything. You're just standing there with a sign and you're being peaceful. Okay. Peaceful is not getting on a freeway and blocking traffic. Peaceful is not uh, provoking people and, and challenging authorities about getting out of the street and being, then you get hit with a, with a, with a uh, tear gas canister and you, you bitch and yell and scream. Well, you know what? Get out of the fucking street. And that wouldn't happen. Yeah, I, 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 it's so. You are not a peaceful protester if you're breaking the law in any fashion or form. Amen to that. Absolutely, amen to that. I mean, I just, it's so, 
I, I, I want to throw stuff and, and like, like they are doing, uh, you know, at the wall for me, but they're throwing stuff at police, uh, police step in and do something about it finally, because Trump has said, I'll send in more federal agents here. If you guys aren't going to, if you guys aren't going to take care of it. So the police are, the local police are in a tough spot as well because their leadership is abysmal. They're, they're hamstrung by their, their idiotic leadership, both at their chief level and by the mayors who are the, who are the puppet uh, puppeteers of the police administration. Yes. Yes, sir. Well, uh, we have a few more political things to uh, and current events to get into, but uh, one one final couple thoughts on uh, some of the sports reopening and everything. And, you know, there's no fans right now, Bill, but say there are fans later on down the road. You know, my biggest, I've had a little plenty of arguments about the kneeling during the anthem and how it's, it's, you can call it whatever you want. It's disrespectful to the national anthem. Well, it's not about the flag. It's about the cops. You're being disrespectful to a, a moment where we are supposed to uh, stand and, and show respect. Not, this isn't about us. I mean, Billy, we talked on it last week. I, I, I don't agree with a lot of things going on in China. But you know what? You and I have both have experience in standing for the Chinese national anthem during a baseball game when we had a team that was uh, pretty much all China players. And we, we did three national anthems when they played uh, Winnipeg, you know, the Canadian, the U.S. and China. So, uh, you know, who is who is standing there respectfully uh, during the Chinese national anthem? A bunch of American players. Yes. You know what I mean? And guess who is standing there? being respectful for the American anthem, Chinese players. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And nobody gave a shit about the Canadians. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they got their hockey. They're happy. They're just happy to have a hockey back. But, you know, it just it brings up an interesting point. It's like I, I, I talked about it the other day about, like, taps. You I like that last comment, Hank? Hank Lemoyne. <laughs> Hank Lemoyne. Hank I know, coming on the show. I, I can't wait to listen to him Thursday. We talk a lot of hockey. Yeah, Hammer and Hank. Come on around. Hank. Oh, man. Hank Lemoyne, we love you. Uh, well, it's like I talked the other day about taps. Like at a funeral, for instance, John Lewis's funeral just happened. Would, would that be a moment to, to have some type of political protest while you're honoring someone who's died? No, that wouldn't be. Although we discussed it turned into almost a rally, uh, you know, to, to vote out the current president. But there's certain moments in time, like we start to lose these values when we start to just say, well, we can act how we want whenever we want. That's all right as Americans. Okay, yes, it is your right. But man, are we that lost where we can't show respect in moments that are intended to be respectful to others? Why can't we do that anymore? Good question. <laughs> I have I, I don't I I don't have the uh bandwidth right now to answer that in a in a uh articulate manner. I just don't know. We've lost our 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 basic manners as human beings some of us yeah okay and um it's it's sad and it's just a it's a it's just a, a show of the times yeah and, and when we get fans back and we're in stadiums and you see players kneel i think you're going to see it in the nfl for sure uh, i just don't think fans who have paid hundreds of dollars for a ticket and then will be drinking an 18 dollar beer want to see someone who's making hundreds of millions of dollars make a political statement. It's that's, like, that's why I've said it time and time again. It's not popular, but it's a way to eliminate the problem. Don't play the anthem. Don't play the anthem. It's like giving sugar to a diabetic. <laughs> it's going to be a bad end result. 
but don't you think well, first of all, they'll find some other way to protest. Okay, which, fine. So, so it won't stop. Fine. Go protest. But don't do it at the at the, uh, at the at the hands of the national anthem of the flag. If you see a cop working security at the game, go kneel in front of him and call him an asshole. Okay? <laughs> They're used to that. They'll just smile and be on their way. Yeah. Go do that. Yeah. Don't degrade the flag or the national anthem like that. There's too many people that gave their lives to make our country free so those motherfuckers can take a knee mm-hmm. okay amen amen uh well well one kind of final sports thing here i posted this the other day i thought you'd find it uh, rather humorous as as much as i did i talked about it in our opening today uh the babylon b which i misquoted early on in one of our conversations thinking it was uh you know i didn't realize it was satire anyway <laughs> the babylon b posted a photo of a bunch of hockey players and it said uh peaceful protests break out in the NHL and it shows them fighting. I found that so funny, Bill, such a play on words and, and, and kind of an up yours to all these people that are saying, Oh, these are mostly peaceful protesters and everything. And and the more funny part about it was some of the comments. They were like, yeah, defund the referees. It's all their fault. <laughs> of course. Of course. It's always, it's, it's, it was funny, man. The person in charge. It's, it's, it's always the authority. That's, that's like, well, I'm going to bring up a great example, a great example. Last night in Los Angeles, up off Mulholland Drive, you had a house party that had about oh, yeah. 500 people. And big, luxurious house was rented out for a house party. And supposedly it was for an NFL player yet to be named. And you had uh, the police were called. They went up. They advised them to keep it down. There's nothing they could do. It's private property. Yeah. If you want to have a party, that's fine. So... Lo and behold, at 1.30 in the morning, there's a shooting. And a 32-year-old black female is killed by another black person, whether female, who knows, the suspect's outstanding. It was a, and I'm, I'm, I'm just stating the facts here. I'm not yeah. calling anybody up. The entire party was African-American. If there, were, if there were some white folks there, there were maybe one or two because they showed the whole party and all I could see were African-American folks, Okay. Guess who's getting blamed for that? The LAPD. Because they didn't, yeah, because they didn't shut the party down because of the COVID thing. Or for whatever reason. LAPD is being blamed. Is being blamed for that. Someone's private residence. Private residence. I'll say, me and you are having a party. We're screaming and yelling. And the cop, uh, the the Riverside Sheriff comes out. They tell us to shut up. We shut up. And then you get mad and shoot me in the head later on in the night. Blame the sheriff. So let's go in our time machine. Uh, let's go, which the media wants all the time. Mm-hmm. So now the LAP do roll in there. They shut the party down. And what's the outcry? Just LAPD get- just invaded us. How, this is, how, how can they do that to us? You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Now, unfortunately, someone lost their life last night. Yeah. Probably a, 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 someone who wasn't even in the fray who got hit with a, a, an errant bullet. Okay. Tragic. Yes. Not good. Bad. Now, who do you blame? You blame the motherfuckers that are there with guns. Yeah. Right? You blame those folks. You don't blame the cops. You don't blame the people that own the house. Although it was a bad decision to rent rent it out to this party under the under the you know the uh, times we're in. All these bad decisions went in, and they want to blame the cops. Well, the cops didn't plan the party. They're not the ones. They're not the fucking party planners. They didn't go put the gun in the guy's hand and say, "Here, shoot this this woman." Okay. Why are the cops being blamed? How about some personal fucking responsibility? 
Ah, well, Bill, I'm so glad we record and do this weekly. Like I said at the beginning, it's a it's an opportunity to just let it all out, just blow it all out, all the frustrations, all the nonsense we we've had uh, over over the week. And so, uh, you know, something else I've been doing, Bill, that I haven't done in a long time is uh, I started golfing more. I should have been doing it uh, for the, these past few months, but I've been golfing with a few friends. And man, I wasn't very good to begin with, but haven't taken a bunch of time off and not doing it for a while. Oh, I'm bad, but I keep coming back. I enjoy doing it. Do, do you ever golf, Bill? I used to a lot. And yeah. I was a horseshit golfer, <laughs> like yourself. And there was a there was a time back in the, I want to say, late 80s, early 90s that I used to golf a lot. You know, having shift work, you know, leave a lot of time during the day to do, to do stuff. And I used to golf and I was probably probably a 15, 16 handicap. And I did, I was a damn good golfer back then hmm. for, you know, the hacker that I was. <laughs> and I, I really got into it. Then I got promoted and I worked during the day and I, my golf, you know, I wasn't going to go on the weekends when every Tom, Dick and Harry was out there playing. So I kind of let it go. And then I got back into it when I retired. Well, I wasn't really, really good. You know, I would go to, I was a great, great guy at the, uh, 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 driving range. Mm -hmm. I could hit the shit out of it and it was great. I got on the golf course and I went to shit. <laughs> what basically made me quit golf was about six months, six, seven months ago, I was getting home late. I, my garage door was open. I went to walk over to my community mailbox to get mail about 1230 in the morning. And it's a two minute walk to it, two minute walk back. So in a, in a span of four minutes, Walking to the to the mailbox and coming back, I noticed that something's not right here. The light is still on. the The motion sensor is still on in the garage, which means, you know, it, it shuts out shuts off after two minutes. Well, before I walked in, it's still on. I'm thinking, what the hell? Being the the ex cop, uh, suspicious mind that I am. <laughs> so I look around, and lo and behold, my golf clubs are gone. Oh, some degenerate, no good, rotten bastard at 12.30 in the morning walked into my garage and took my golf clubs. And I said to myself, well, you know what? Maybe he did me a favor because I'm so bad at it. Now that, I, now that I can't go out and embarrass myself anymore, I'm not going to get a replacement set. I'm just going to be done. I'm going to take up bowling or, or, or lawn bowling or some shit because I'm done golfing. Well, you know, as as we kind of search now for more sports, uh, a different direction, uh, I think a lot of people are doing that right now because they don't want to see entitled athletes. They don't want to see entitled athletes uh, tell us how bad we are as individuals. Uh, I already know that that I'm a, a terrible golfer. I don't need uh, someone on a PGA to tell me I'm a bad golfer. You know, that's kind of how, they, how things are with these entitled athletes and everything. And golf has as far as the PGA, it hasn't been very political, which is nice. So there, more and more people are watching that. But uh, the other sports, uh, there's a trickle down, I think, to well, college. Well, when, when, when NASCAR becomes political, yeah, you know that you're, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. And I will not watch NASCAR anymore. And it's not because I don't like NASCAR. It's because you're putting a political spin on things. And I don't like that. If I want to see politics... I'll, I'll get up on a Sunday morning and watch Meet the Fucking Press. Okay? <laughs> okay? I don't want politics and sports. I want to watch a baseball game, football game, without bullshit. 
I want to just see the the athletic side of that. Yeah, it's I don't know what's so difficult about that. I think we're in this age of social media and even athletes who are making millions of dollars. They want to, they don't just want to be an athlete. They want to be heard. They want to be this voice of reason, this great. It's like, dude, stop it. You, you, that's not what you were before nor nor are you now? So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I don't, I don't watch a movie and hope to God, man. I hope there's a great political protest during this movie. You know, I, I don't do that. You know, LeBron James, Ugh. you're a great basketball player. Stay with that, okay? I don't want to hear your 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 political propaganda bullshit that you spew. And you're you're not a you're not a smart man, LeBron. You're a you're, you're high school. You have a high school diploma, okay? from Akron, Ohio. You have no formal education. You play basketball. Like what's her name says, just dribble and shut the fuck up. <laughs> she didn't quite say it like that, but well, I, I, I added the shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it's funny Laura, because Laura, Laura Ingram, Laura Ingram. Yeah. Very, very great host. Yeah. She, she does. She's great on that. Yeah. How would you like to be married to her? I, I, I think all you could ever say is yes, dear. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you don't pleasure her right, you're in deep shit. <laughs> She will knock the fuck out of you. She, uh, yeah, okay? she's, she's a sledgehammer for yeah, sure. She will not be, if you can't, yeah. If she, if you come up short in the satisfaction uh, <laughs> range, you're, you're, you're on, you're on naked timeout for about a month and she'll go elsewhere. <laughs> I was just talking about like taking out the trash or doing the dishes, Bill. I mean, come on. I know you've never done those things though, have you? I took the trash out tonight before I came over. Oh, wow. Wow. Must be a leap year or something. Okay. Well, cool stuff. Well, let's talk about some more entitled athletes if we if we shall. Uh, it's not just in the professional ranks. It's trickled down into the college ranks. And we knew that was kind of coming eventually, right? I, I I was actually surprised by this. Really? Yes. You're, you, were, you were surprised okay. that, that kids uh, 18, 19, 20 years old would take advantage of a situation like the COVID lockdown and try to make it as a money-making opportunity? You were surprised by that? Yes. And I, you, know I, you know I find at fault there? I find at fault their leaders, their coaches. Oh, yeah. Because they're not controlling these kids. Mm -mm. They are. Okay. Last time I checked, if you're, a, if you're playing football at the University of Utah, University of Slippery Rock, Arkansas, the <laughs> University of, of you know, Pomona Pitzer, or if you're playing at UCLA, USC, Auburn, LSU, you are a student slash athlete. Are you not? Correct. Okay. Who in the fuck is a student to make demands for payment, for social justice, for these? You go out and play. You you have a you have a full ride scholarship. Your books, your apartment, everything is paid for. You're there to play football, okay? Why are you who who? Since when are the inmates running the asylum? Yeah, it, it's pretty uh, pretty ridiculous. And I say that only in a yeah. sense of okay. I know what okay. you meant. Someone oh, else no, no, will be no, like, no, Bill, no, no. how let could me, you say let that? Me, let me, let me, let 2020 me, bill. Let me, let me, let me, uh, <laughs> let me rewind here. Why are the janitors running the executive board meeting? <laughs> okay. That's Their job bad. is to fucking swab the deck and make sure that shit's clean. Amen. All right. They're not there to make million dollar decisions. No, just like the players are there to play. They're not there to, at that point, where if you're a college athlete, 
You should be living your life having a great time. Yeah. And you're and they're saying if these if these demands aren't met, they're not going to play. Well, guess what? If you want money, if you want assurances that you're going to be safe and you want this, you want that, you know what? Turn your shit in, quit school, and go down to the local um, iron worker union and, and be an iron worker. They got a good union. They'll mm-hmm. take care of you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I know this sounds surprising to you and others, but I, I went to college. I went to college. I, I paid the, so did I. <laughs> was paid paid a lot of money, and I had to earn a lot of it. And you know, I, I'm very happy and grateful that there aren't student loans. Most people that go to college, there's a ton of student loans. So, what these guys are asking for, Matt, is the equivalent of you when you went to your psychology class. When there's about 200 people in a lecture hall taking a psychology class, you and about 10 of your 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 uh, little asshole buddies stand up and go, "Excuse me, professor, but." Uh, we would like coffee, donuts, and a light breakfast before you start uh, your lecture today. We're hungry. Yes, you're making a lot of money doing what you're doing, sir. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the education and the years of experience and work that you Where's have. Where's my tea and crumpets? Yeah, uh, you you need to pay yeah. us for yeah. us being here. Right. Yeah, and you need to make it a safe, you know, safe, uh, good environment, yada, yada, yada. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. You know what? The last time I checked, which was, you know, back, I'm a little older, you had to pay your dues in life. Nobody wants to pay dues. I, I don't understand this, this. Nobody wants to this, grow up. This, they uh, think they I go, don't have they, to pay a loan back. Thing. Right. Like, like, like it's someone else's problem that you borrow money it and pay for something. It all started with everybody getting a fucking cookie and a fucking juice box. Juice box. Don't and forget. A goddamn trophy when they played <laughs> AYSO soccer. It's true. Okay. We have lowered the bar. Everybody is mediocre, even if you're horseshit. Everybody is a winner. You're a winner. You went 0-14, but by God, you're a winner. You tried hard. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. You're not a winner. You're a fucking loser. Try harder next time. Yeah, try harder. That's the thing is we can't have winners without losers. Like you you don't you get you you have to to appreciate winning, you have to be a loser. You have to lose. And that, that includes, you know, classroom and, and struggling in class. Like, I can't tell you what a passing grade meant to me after I had struggled and, and not got good grades in the class. Hey, you win Miss America, the first runner-up and the second runner-up. You're still a hot chick. You're still pretty pretty desirable. Yeah. You know, compete. 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 Like Michael Gillespie said, God, come on, compete every pitch. Let's yeah. go. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I just find it hilarious that, first of all, you're not – if you and I needed any more of a, a confirmation, we'll say that the West Coast, the left coast athlete, the, the conferences, specifically the Pac-12 here, uh, are soft and a joke. Uh, th- this this takes the cake right here with how poor the leadership is and how poor uh, just the entire product is. It is one big joke. It is a huge joke. In fact, I'm to the point now where let's just have the earthquake. Let's <laughs> let's 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 cut California and most of Oregon and all of Washington. Just chop it off and let it go in the ocean. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> I, I'm 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 serious. Only the only the strong will survive. You and I will swim our way off. To, we'll find the shore shore. But a lot of these losers, a lot of these pansy fucks, will drown. Yeah. 
We need to, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the article on some of this and I want to throw up halfway through. I, I purposely didn't read it because I, I would have gotten really, really irritated. But I did get the, you know, the, the cliff notes on it and it's complete fucking utter bullshit. Yeah. It, I, if I was the coach, I'd, I'd cut every one of them. It's, it's fair. I'd cut them all. I, this whole, you talk about words that are overused. I think fair is one of them. I mean, we, we want to be treated fair. We want fairness. It's like, what are you talking about? You want to be put on a goddamn pedestal is what you want. Yeah. You don't want to be fair. Fair is, fair is the best man wins the position, the best player plays. That doesn't happen anymore. No. There's, there's, everyone's got a story behind why, why they need to be at the front of the line. And it's ridiculous. No, there is no front of the line. You wait your turn and you, you see what happens when you get up there. Like you, there's no shortcuts. We, we live in this world now of shortcuts and, oh, well, uh, we need to, you know, be more understanding. It's like, no, we don't. We need to move forward and reward those who work hard. Fair is a word, F-A-F-A-I-R, not F-A-R-E, like you're fair, but fair. Fair as in the best person wins. Fair. That is a word that should be abolished from the goddamn dictionary because nobody abides by it. Yeah. I, it's it's ridiculous. People preach it all the time. But these players, the players talking about fairness and how they want all this money from the football revenue that the school makes and, and you know, players should be paid what they're worth and everything. Well, on paper, if you want to talk about what you're you're you're, you're technically being paid fifty thousand dollars a year. You are a, a you're using you're doing your your apprentice work for your next career if you're good enough, mm -hmm. okay? And you're you're because a high paid rookie is going to come in with a no cut guaranteed multi million dollar contract, and even if you fuck up and get get thrown off the team, you're set for life. I mean, does a dental school student think that they, they deserve to be, I don't know if dental, if they get paid or not, but I, does a dental school student student deserve to get paid while they're in school because they're going to be a dentist someday and make lots of money? It, that's the logic here. You know what? Where, where does it end? You know, maybe a ninth grader coming into, coming into high school. Hey, where's my money? <laughs> I'm going to the NFL soon. I make this yeah. school money because people come to these football games yeah. and pay nine dollars. Where's my Where's my uh, gold gold card membership to the strip club? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I'm 14 years old. So what? Where does it end? It's It's crazy. It's it, It's It's complete lunacy at its finest. So I would challenge the commissioner of the uh, Pac-12, Mr. Larry Scott, and his people to shut these people down immediately and say. You're a student athlete. If you don't want to be the athlete part anymore, and I completely understand, uh, you're gonna play football. Where where I see this backfiring on them is that, first of all, you they had an out. If you didn't want to play the season because you were worried about yeah. health concerns, yeah. no no issues there. A lot of people have done, no one has forced anyone to the redshirt you right. Yeah, no okay. one has been right. forced to. Yeah. You have to play football. You're on scout. You have to play. Mm -hmm. Guys in the NFL, guys in college, they've mm -hmm. said, okay, I don't want to play for various reasons. So by you making this about money now, now the university I think has it has an option to be like, oh, you're complaining about getting paid. Well, that's not going to happen now. If you don't play, we can drop your scholarship. Yeah. I could see it going that direction. I really well, could. Whatever happened to the old uh, saying, hey, me coach, you player, me talk, you listen. Well, it, it ended, Bill, uh, when 
you know, parenting and uh, in, in schools and teacher, like all that relationship. Now it, it started when kids started to say my parents were mean to me or my teacher was mean to me. Like you talked earlier in the show here about being a coach and how you have to address kids now. And uh, maybe it will be edited. Maybe it won't. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you what you said that now, if you say that now you're in jail, oh, you're what in I prison. just did, uh-huh. what I, what I said back in the day to motivate kids. <laughs> and these are, these are probably six figure income, you know, great people now. Yeah. It sure as fuck didn't hurt them. Did it? No, it might've fucking motivated them. Just a little bit. You know, some tough love goes a long way. Can you imagine if one of your special teams kids, Bill, turn, turned to you and said, you know what, Coach Barnes, uh, I make this school a lot of money. I, I think I deserve to be making, uh, be, to be compensated for it. Because <laughs> like you said, where does it end? That's how ridiculous it sounds. I'm going to say, you know what? You're you're a uh, you're an Achilles tendon away from, from not playing. Uh-huh. And I'm about to fucking slice it right now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. The problem I have with so many of these issues that continue to come up is nothing is ever good enough. Nothing is ever good enough. I mean, uh, what's crazy, Bill, is you don't see the players, at least to my knowledge, in the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12. You don't see them for, trying to form these uh, protests and everything. Mike Leach, Coach Leach. Coach, uh, uh, we've got a problem here. I want to be paid. He's going to say, well, by God, I think you do, you should. You know, there's a there's a uh, there's a Vons Pavilions right down the street that's looking for a bag boy. Why don't you go down there and apply? <laughs> or or going to uh, you know uh, Nick Saban and saying that? Mm-hmm. Or the what's that gruff sounding coach at LSU? Oh, um, oh come on, Coach Ogeron. Ed Ogeron. Oh, Ogeron. Coach O would tell you to go f- get the fuck out of his office before he throw <laughs> he pick you up and throw you out. Okay. But no, we've got all these smooth operators out here on the West Coast, like David Shaw at Stanford. Hey, coach, how you doing? David Shaw here. You got, <laughs> uh, you know, to a point, you've got, uh, you know, the coach at USC. What's his name? Oh, he's still there. Uh, yeah. Clay Helton. Clay Helton's just lucky he's had a job. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've got, uh, you've got the ex-Oregon guy at UCLA. Now, I think he has some balls. I don't think there's any UCLA guys on that. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly would tell a guy, get off my fucking field. Okay. (laughs) Just like that. I I have respect for Chip Kelly. Doesn't have a very good team out of his control because all the Southern California guys are going elsewhere Mm -hmm. because Southern California is a shithole and they want to get out. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them. I mean, there there's good facilities, uh, a lot of places, but I think when you go, you see a culture in the Mm -hmm. sec, in the big 12. Right. uh, I mean, that's your path to the NFL. Yeah. That's Absolutely. your path to money. Mm-hmm. Out here, it's your path to being a uh, uh, a lifeguard at uh, Zuma Beach. <laughs> okay. Hey, that, that's a paid job. It's a paid job, Absolutely. and you get to you know flex your muscles and look at chicks all day. <laughs> what could be better? Did you ever lifeguard, Bill? I did not. No, I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> not only if someone was drowning, not only would they ha- would ha- would someone have to save them. They'd have to save me too. I was gonna say that's 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 your type of job, I would think. Right up your alley. It would have been great if I you yeah. know, was a good swimmer. <laughs> I would have loved it. I'd probably still be one. I'd be like that Sam Elliott character on that movie Lifeguard, where he was forty-two years old and he's still on the beach. Oh, you know, banging nineteen-year-old chicks. That would have been me. But obviously, but to be a lifeguard, you got to swim. That's like you know, being a runner, you got to have legs. Okay? Yeah, and that just wasn't me. 
Bill, you, uh, man, you, you always bring it, but I'll tell you, you, you got a little pep in your step today. I mean, that's a sleep after a long shift, you said, and, and you feeling good. I had a 24-hour shift um, Sunday at 7 to last night at 7. I somehow drove home with one eye open <laughs> and on autopilot. I made it home. I took my clothes off. I got in bed, and I slept about uh, 12 and a half hours. So feeling feeling tremendous. Like the old Todd Donahoe show. Todd Donahoe, for those of you old enough to remember, was a uh, sportscaster at Channel 7 in L.A. Funny guy, very witty, very, very clever. And um, he had a show back in the 80s called Time Out for Trivia. And he had a trivia show. And uh, when the person would call in and they say, Todd, how you doing? Feeling tremendous, I might add. <laughs> I feel tremendous, I might add. Quoting my old pal. Uh, Todd Donahoe. Uh, yeah, is I think the voice of Missouri football. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. What's the connection there? That's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I think he was from Missouri, and like okay. a lot of us, got fed up with Southern California, moved to uh, Missouri. His son, he lived in uh, Santa Clarita area when he was uh, working here. His son played football, I believe, at Hart High School, and was uh, drafted or not drafted, recruited heavily by. Mike, uh, what was the coach? Uh, Bellotto, the coach at Oregon back in the day? Mike Bellotti. Bellotti. Mm -hmm. Bellotti recruited uh, Donahoe's kid, and him and Donahoe became great friends. Wow. There you have it. Interesting. Yeah. Man alive. Yeah, because was... I, and the reason I know this is my aunt lives in Santa Clarita. They were neighbors. Oh, okay. So it's not that I, I have all these great, yeah. great networking people that I that I know. I just hear shit. It's the same. It's the same. It's, same I here. just hear shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fly on the wall. Uh, Bill, I know you got a granddaughter here, some other family, uh, and you're, you know, you just had your 61st birthday and everything. You got to keep fucking I, reminding I, me I'm of that. Say, I, until next year. Uh, but. You know, great shape for 60. Like, come on, man. You, you're, you're young and vibrant the way you're acting right now. I mean, it's great stuff. Better living through chemicals, my friend. <laughs> I mean, for, for our audience, you got the bald head, of course. You got your tearaway pants that you wear for uh, basketball games and your your, your sandals here. I mean, my flip-flops. Yeah. Hey, I got a face and I got a face for radio, not TV. <laughs> Same here. Oh, my goodness. Well, Bill, would you ever consider moving out of California? I, I think about it daily. Yeah, same here. Daily. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I used to think that it was a, it, people were making excuses when they say, well, my granddaughter here, my grandson. Well, now that I have them, I, I realize that there's a method to that, Matt. There's a reason for that craziness. Yeah. You get attached. You can't, you know. And so, I mean, yes, I would love to if I could take them with me. Well, maybe I would, someday. I would, I would tonight. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd pack my car and get the fuck out. Well, because this is no longer a really, really good place to live. No, it's uh, what, what is it, the Golden State? Yeah, it's yeah, no, it's the no Golden longer. Shower. <laughs> that was not a setup either. No, said it, no, it wasn't. And it just came to mind. You, say, for, so you guys know, Bill and I. It was a Golden Shower. <laughs> being being uh, a Golden Shower. As you wash it, wash down a uh, a, a uh, shit sandwich. Oh my god! <laughs> Southern California. Is yeah, Southern California. I mean, all of California. It's it's a joke, and uh, 
yeah, I don't know what logistics are or whatever, but I'm ready to get out because Bill, I've had, I've yet to meet one person or talk to one person or hear of one person who's left California, moved somewhere else and regretted it. I'm sure our friend, uh, our friend, uh, the gentleman in Henderson, Nevada, our good friend, uh, Tracy, Tracy. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure Tracy likes it out there. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of many. That's, that's one. That is probably, if I was going to go, I would probably go that route where it's easy enough to drive here. It's yeah. a short drive. Short. Henderson, I mean, Nevada's great. It's a little windy and cold and brittle in the, in the winter there. But you know what? You just put on another blanket or, <laughs> or, or get, or get a third person in bed with you to warm you up. Oh. And, and hopefully it's of the opposite sex. Bill. Oh, hey, yeah. come on. I'm back. You, you are back. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, well, the this, unhinged today. this isn't your last show, man. You don't have to. It's not. <laughs> I thought it was being fired. I thought you said you either fucking produce tonight or you're fucking gone. Your ratings are down, asshole. You better fucking bring, yeah, worse. It, bring it or you're done. <laughs> you got worse ratings in the NBA. Yeah, come on, man. Well, oh, Jesus Christ. What am I? What am I? NASCAR? Give me a fucking break here. You know? I mean, I, I did like 12 lines of cocaine tonight to come in here and fucking amp it up. And, and, and here you're still fucking with me. I'm just trying to be productive here, trying to, because here's what's going to happen. As soon as we end this show, well, we'll probably have uh, another drink or two. And, and then we'll be. Uh, you mean there's adult beverages involved? <laughs> yeah. I, wait, shit. is that what you got over here? Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we will, uh, you know. I'm sorry. Here's the bottom line, folks. I'm, I just I'm hope we entertained a few of you, a few of you today. Uh, if we offended some of you, you know, I absolutely, positively apologize to nobody. <laughs> you know, we're just doing what we're just doing what we're doing. We're just two guys talking, and I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for you tuning in, especially you, Coach, Coach yep. Tarico. You're the That's man. Right. That's right. Keep the cards and letters coming. I, I, I demand another question next week. I really do. Now that you've sent one, I want you to tell your friends to send, even if they're stupid questions like, hey, uh, Bill, uh, what size underwear do you wear? Okay. Bill, uh, what, what, what size of shoes? Do you, I mean, anything. I, I really am. I want questions. I want comments. And I want someone to come on this show and debate me who thinks I'm full of shit. I want to debate someone from the other side. I really do. And no one's taking me up on that yet. I wonder why. I can't be right all the time. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We could probably arrange something like get, that. Get Val in here. <laughs> get your girl. Get, get your girlfriend Val in here, and she and I'll go at it. Oh man, that's probably not for the best <laughs> for all of us. That would that would probably not be good. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, I've been preaching this whole send in a voice message all for for months and weeks now, and. Uh, Coach Tarico, he's Coach Tarico's the man. Only one to do it. So we're gonna hear from more people. I'm gonna I'm gonna specifically say that now in our in our kind of gather information here as the the end of our episodes. Dave Hershima, I know you listen. <laughs> I want questions, Dave. <laughs> from your humble abode in Williams, Arizona, I want your questions. <laughs> Absolutely, and they can't be anything like you said. You heard what Will asked us today, guys. Yeah, anything, come on, anything, anything. Seriously, and if I don't know the question, I'll lie. <laughs> we got to get Bill's ratings up one way or another. So. I need the job. I get paid nothing here, so I, I I'm not asking for a raise. 
I just want to, I mean, how can you get fired from a job where you don't make a fucking dime? Last college football players. Yeah. Could you imagine if I got fired from this when I wasn't making anything to begin with? Come on, folks. You know, throw me a a bone here, will (laughs) you? Oh, man. One of our more energetic episodes, Bill. Always happy to have you. Uh, you. You really are, at least for me, the fun part of the week because Wednesdays are just spectacular. And, and a you lot must of have fun. some Lawrence Welk fucking uh, <laughs> band members in here during the week, then, if I'm your fun part. Hey, Holy did you shit. get a chance to listen? Did you hear Joe Maiden on here last week? You know, I've been meaning to listen to Joe. I okay. have not. I wanted him to tell the story. I, oh. I texted him. I said, Joe. You got to tell the story about the elevator in Riverside with me, me, you, and Rambo. And he laughed and said, oh, yeah, I forgot. Well, yeah. Next, next week. week tease that. Next week. Teasing that. Next week, we're going to tell the uh, elevator story that originated at the Mission Inn in Riverside to the elevator at the Hyatt Place in Riverside, a short walk, walking distance, after, <laughs> I would say, one or two uh, adult beverages. It, 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 it got stupid. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> But it was a lot of fun. If you'd like to hear the rest of the story, be here next week to listen to Bill. Same bat time, same bat (laughs) channel. Bill, thanks for being here, man. It was uh, always, always a lot of fun on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Hey, my pleasure, man, as always. Adios, everybody, to our Spanish-speaking guests. Thanks again, Bill Barnes. Always a pleasure catching up with you on Wednesday. You know what? I think this is one of our better shows. We've had a few good ones the past couple weeks, but there was a lot of extra energy today. And so we'll look forward to some more shows in moving forward. Maybe it's the month of August. I don't know. Or it could be all the nonsense we're dealing with on a daily basis. Uh, We're looking forward to some sports. So we'll have a lot more sports topics here in the very near future. Thanks again, Bill Barnes. A lot, a lot of fun. We'll see you next week. Well, guys, that'll wrap up our episode here on the Get Home Safe podcast. As always, there's many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. You can follow us through Twitter. Our handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. As always, you can also send in a voice message through the Anchor app or anchor.fm. Go to our podcast, find it, look for the green button that says messages. You can send in a voice message, much like Will Tarico did today. We really appreciate him sending in that voice message. He's the only person to do it. He's done so twice now. And I know Bill is really looking forward to some more voice, voice messages from Will or others. So if you have uh, messages or anything you want to send to us. If you want to specifically set, send it, uh, you know, bring it up with Bill, feel free to make mention of that in the voice message or the email uh, that you send us or the um, social media platform. However you contact us, make sure that you let us know what it's about, kind of the topic and who it's directed to. So I know Bill is hungry to get some more feedback, some more questions, some more information. Uh, and I, and I am as well. So please guys, If you'd like to be a part of the program, there's a lot of options there. We'd love to hear from you. Tomorrow on the program, guys, we'll be joined by Hank Lemoyne. Hank is from, let's see, he is from Winnipeg, Canada, lives up in the Manitoba region, uh, province, I should say. And uh, Hank is a big hockey guy. He's a guy I've umpired some baseball games with, or you know what, technically we haven't ever umpired, but we've uh, we've umpired or, or been 
he's very passionate about umpiring. I know he has umpired with Bill Barnes in the American Association up there a few times. So Bill will be listening tomorrow as well. Uh, but a lot of fun conversations with Hank Lemoyne, just maybe some of the, the differences in, uh, you know, Canada versus America, you know, what makes hockey great, why he's so passionate about umpiring, a lot of fun topics. So feel free to tune in with us tomorrow as we have another great show uh, in moving forward here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to our interview with Hank Lemoyne tomorrow, and we look forward to another episode with Bill Barnes next week on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Always a lot of fun. So guys, that'll wrap up our episode. Thanks for tuning in. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.